Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. You got him! Woo! We got him! We're live in three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to West Point, Mississippi for this exciting breaking news podcast. That's right. Special edition. It, 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 it oh, is. That's pretty good, Dudley. <laughs> pretty, pretty good, good Dudley. Well, there's some really positive vibes in the room. And, and the uh, world seems in balance. It, it, it does. So all the Hayes boys are down here at this end. Everybody's got a big smile. Neil, I think, killed a turkey this morning. I'm not positive about that. Shocker. But, yeah. So, uh, and did you shoot it out from under somebody? I, I didn't, but. Uh, wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a minute. I, I mean, didn't. not literally, but figuratively, yes, he did shoot it out. <laughs> yeah. Me, Vandy, and Daniel, all three pretty much kind of can say they shot it out from under us, but that's okay. Yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? We don't get mad. We get even. <laughs> I told him two days ago, three days ago. Hey, there's a turkey here. He did. Didn't well, go there. Didn't go there. And then, yeah. You went I, there. I know it's genuine. <laughs> I know it's genuine. But the other morning, we were going to go to Macon with Jess. I And Neil said, you need to go hunt this turkey. A neighbor said, he's gobbling. And then he said, why don't you just come with me and Jess? So I went hunting with him and Jess, and then Neil killed him the next morning. I will say Ooh. this. He has been a little bit hypocritical. Yesterday. <laughs> he being toxic. Be, being toxic. Yesterday, I told him about that turkey, and he said, you better go kill him tomorrow because the neighbor's going to kill him. Okay, I went in this morning at 6.03, <laughs> I killed him. There you go. It was fair and square. Well, I didn't think he was, he never listens to anything I say. I figured it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. All right, well, the breaking news. Yeah, everybody, yeah. Already, everybody who's listening already knows because, uh, whatever, Papa killed a turkey. Yeah, yes. so, so I think the... The, the wild turkey world just applauded last week when the photo broke on uh, no social media. And so, Toxie, how many years in a row is it now? 75? Yeah. I think, well, it's actually, so you do the math, in 1944, he killed his first one. So from that date, it's been 78 years. But we take out the three years of his life, he was flat on his back with tuberculosis and couldn't even go. I don't think many people know that. Yeah. yeah. No, so, he, so, yeah, he literally, it's not a consecutive streak, but it's... Right. It's 75 seasons he's turkey hunted and he shot a turkey in seven Yes, yeah. that's, 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 that's right. That's, so it's kind of relevant. Honestly, I've always said 78 years. 
you know, he's been hunting 78 years or whatever, but they were trying to keep it dead accurate. And truthfully, he was in a, you know, he wasn't supposed to be here at all. He's, you know, it killed almost everybody, as we know, back in those days. He was on his, flat on his back uh, for 24 straight months. Mm. Kept 20, him out of the Korean War. Yeah, probably saved him. Who knows? And then he got out, thought he was better, and then he relapsed, and they thought for sure he was gone then. They took out two-thirds of one of his lungs. He's only got a third of one lung. And they gave him an experimental drug, just trying stuff. And a uh, quick story on that is it didn't turn out being the drug that would cure it or, you know, that saved people from mm. it. So he was lucky that happened. But what they found out is that at a normal rate that people took, it would make you sterile. He had 100 times the normal rate that was necessary. So before they even got married, they had to tell my mom that he was never going to be able to have kids. And she was always said, well, just to prove how much I love your dad, I married him anyway. And all I ever want to do with life is have kids. So the cool part is, like, nine months and eight days after they got married, my sister was born. <laughs> so <laughs> miracles happen. Yeah. You know, right then, miracles happen. Yeah, this whole story it's a, it's is a, a miracle. Yeah, oh, it's, a no cool, it's, it. it's a cool thing. Yeah, well, I mean, so, yeah, 75, 75 years in a row that he's hunted, he's killed a turkey. That's right. That's pretty much Yeah, and none of that, I mean, you know, takes place and Mossy Oak doesn't exist. Like, none of this exists. That's right. So that's like right. That, that's, you know, going back to the tuberculosis and stand of the war and then yeah. meet my grandmother because of that, like, you know, all that. We wouldn't be here. Yeah, he wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, he wouldn't have even met her like that because he was actually, when he graduated college finally, he was like 26 because it happened when he was in school and he had to go back and finish. So, and he and he went to school early. He graduated as a junior in high school. So that tells you how long he was out. He didn't actually graduate till he was 26. But because of that, my mom's like four years younger. That's it. All led to that. In fact, she had scarlet fever, and they thought she was dead at one oh time. She was like three years old. So it's a miracle. She's a boy. She, she was Miss Mississippi State at one time, yeah, wasn't she? She, I mean, she was head cheerleader. Yes, yeah, she was. How about that? What? So look, uh, I think everybody would love to hear the story of, of that morning from the time y'all picked him up to uh, uh, like if y'all so could I, tell that story. I'll, I'll kick it off because it kind of started on Monday. We killed the turkey on Thursday, but on Monday. Uh, I saw two turkey, two longbeards uh, in a place where I've never seen longbeards before, but it's, it's a place that Papa owns and a place that he loves. And so I took a video of them and sent them to Dad. I was like, I mean, you kidding me? I hadn't seen a turkey in, you know, ever. Ever. And, and you know, seen turkeys on the property, but never on this part of the property. But anyway, the next day, Tuesday morning, I got up to listen, and sure enough, I heard him gobbling. And so that, and it was too cold that next morning. We would have taken him that Tuesday morning, but it was too cold. It was too cold Wednesday morning. They are back there gobbling, so we took him Thursday morning, and sure enough, they were right back in the exact same spot. So, yeah. It, it was a miracle. It so really was. At, at 92, 93 years old? 92 uh, this August. When, so. when y'all take him, is there a lot of electric cart getting as oh. close as you can? And then what happens? 100%. There's, a, there's a lot of us not going after turkeys on any property. We don't hunt around the cabin. There's a lot of, because it has, you have to be hunting in a spot where you can easily get up to a tree that you're going to hunt right, from. Right. And if we, if there's a turkey goblin the past five, six years, if there's a turkey goblin at a spot that's easy to get to, we just don't hunt it because that's, right. that's one of Pawpaw's turkeys. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and you gotta, you gotta, so you think about this, you gotta, we gotta get the cart within arguably 10 yards of yeah. where we're going to sit him. And it takes two, which great for them. They've right. got stronger backs than me. And stronger everything, quite frankly. And they can help one on each side get him to a tree and get him sitting down. And it's going to take more than that to get him back up again. So uh, it takes quite the procession to do it. And so then you've got to do that and not make a bunch of noise. And, you know, uh, 
not be seen. It can't be, you know, obviously wide open, can't get close to one on the roost at all, any of that kind of stuff. So there's a couple of places where we've got spots. I've even been to one of them and taken my lawnmower before the season, picked up all the sticks and mowed all the leaves out of the way so we could get the cart to the blind in the black dark. And there's enough cover. You know, early season's really hard, no leaves. So like Daniel was saying, you know, there's just a few spots if we have turkeys that we just – I, we hadn't ever, and one in particular, I've owned it four or five years now, and I've never even gone there uh, because we saved it for him and, uh, you know, whether he kills one or not. So just this other day, we took a chance because of what Neil heard. Yeah, and it that's did, why we were so excited, it, too. You know, it didn't make it a good. It's a spot we knew we could get him to yeah, yeah. if so, they were going to be there. But you normally know, when we. so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, it used to be really good, and they, we had just hadn't raised any turkeys out there, so we hadn't hunted in a couple of years. But normally how we have traditionally taken him would have making way too much noise, and actually he'd have been not able to get across to where it was. But we we just rode out in an open field where they started to farm now, and were able to ride the cart to the very corner of the field within what four or five yards. Yeah, and, of the tree. And yeah. Of the tree you're down. Neil, Neil yeah. made the quick call because I thought he would be too wide open. He said, "Just sit him right there," and it was literally the tree that we rode up to on the edge of the field. It was a big tree at least. And so just set him right there, and we're way off from where the turkeys are, but that's all we can do. Yeah, if you look that at is, the video closely, you see this. It, was that a monster sweet gum? I couldn't get a, a good – Yeah, we were sitting on a big sweet gum, and right next to it, what I was sitting on next to him was and a you big could, cherry bar. you could barely see the field behind. It was like, yeah, okay, right. they but were able to just pull up to the perfect. The last time well, – it's skyline, so I figured we'd just get busted. Whenever we've hunted before, those turkeys pick you off so fast. Yeah, we, me and Neil took Papa there, just the two of us, five years ago. It was the last turkey season where he really could – he can get out of the cart on his own. He can walk around. He can do whatever. Me and Neil were back there with him. We didn't kill anything, but that's the last time we had been hunting there. It was yeah. late March five years 2017 ago. season. Wow. Yeah. That's how long it's been. And so we just didn't think there was – until Neil saw the turkeys. So that was a little bit of a miracle. And honestly, the way that the turkey just – I mean, the way this year's been, especially, he came from way off and just flew down and just came straight so, to So us. what's way off? Was he 250, 300 Oh, yards? no. Not that know. far. Yeah. You talking about the turkeys on the roost? On oh, the roost, yeah. yeah. A quarter mile, probably. Something like that. I, however wide those woods are right there, I'd have to show you on the map. But I, 200 yards. Maybe. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't too far. They, weren't they were on far. the ditch. What's it? I could, anyway. I, well, I'm getting deaf then. I could just, I could just barely hear them. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. They, the, the gobble, they weren't that far because the, the other side of this patch of woods is not that far from us anyway. But the way the sound was traveling, it was hard to hear the gobbles. But they were. we knew they weren't far because, I mean, you know, it's not that far. To, and then it's ag fields on the other side of that too, so. But anyway, so, yeah. so the two of you were sitting with no, Mitch I was Fox. Sitting Neil with was on the tree with him. Dad and I both backed off about 50 yards. Yeah. Or more. Or more. Okay. Call, calling from behind, yep. And, and could so, you see what was going on, nope. Toxie? Didn't they, want they to. They were completely blind to it. I was scared, to even, I was scared okay. to even try to look because the same yeah. reason that yeah. if you saw the video of the reaction with Neil filming, he's filming Pawpaw's back because even if there's a 1% chance that you spooked the turkey, clearly – you're not. You don't take, you're not turkey. taking that chance. Yeah. So. So I, I had. Yeah, I was. I was not going to speak to turkey trying to get it on film. So I just had it rolling for audio reasons, whatever. I just yeah, just to have that. But the, yeah, so the the turkey basically flew down, and then it just slowly kind of came. And there's a big hundred yards from us. There's a big blowdown. When I initially I saw him coming around the end of that, and so I knew he, you know all right there he is and and he's there's this big. And it's actually a blessing because Papa gets so shook up. But there's this big oak tree about. 30 yards in front of us, and I'm to the left of Pawpaw, and so I can see the turkey, but he's directly behind the oak tree from Pawpaw, and he walks behind that oak tree 
from 100 yards to about 40 yards, and he, he never sees him the whole time. But I'm in his ear saying, he's you know, I can see the turkeys coming. I'm telling him what's going on. And he's a little confused because he, he's, like, frustrated thinking his eyesight's bad because he can't see him. But it's because he's behind the tree, and I'm just like, you know, just calm down. He's just slowly coming up here, and finally the turkey, you know, he comes up there and gobbles like 40 yards. And he, comes out, <laughs> he comes out to the left of that oak tree, and he's, kinda, he's just kind of doing the drumming thing. And, and you know, Dad's calling, you know, was calling 50 to 75 yards behind us, and so we hadn't called really from right there, and so he wasn't kind of trying to pinpoint us at, at that spot. And, so, and then he goes, Papa sees him when he comes out to the left, and then he kind of goes back behind the tree, and then I think I told him, I said, you know, when he comes out to the right, because I could see him start, you know, he was going to go to the right and initially. Yeah. I mean, and eventually he was going to kind of work around us to the right and kind of go back towards where Dad had been calling from. And so he started walking to the right, and I said, Papa, you better kill him. You know, I knew he was about 40 yards, and I knew he probably wasn't going to get any closer. And, uh, and so anyway, he walking to the right, walking to the right, walking to the right, and I said, Papa, you better kill him because he's about to go behind a big blowdown. And then – He's going to be, who knows, he could come out the other side of it, we kill him, but he could just go on to the north. And so there's a there's an old fence post, and Papa, you know, he's, for those people that don't know, he most people put their, him. yeah, most people put their gun on their knee. No. For 75 turkey seasons, Papa has drawn and shot his turkeys. He keeps his gun <laughs> in his lap until it's time to shoot, and he draws on them and shoots them, and that's just how he's always done it. And, um, so he draws on the turkey, and, and his hands are so shaky when he picks that gun up. You know, just shaking, shaking, shaking. I'm like, so bad. I'm looking down his gun barrel, and I'm like, there's no way. And that turkey, when he drew, you know, the turkey kind of sees, and he jerks his head back behind that fence post, and he's just standing there. I'm like, you better kill him, Papa. And it's shaking, shaking, shaking. And you may be able to tell in that video, but all of a sudden it just, it just gets steady. I don't know if it was just a <laughs> uh, helping hand from above or yeah. what, but oh, it yeah. just gets steady. Shoots the turkey and just absolutely rolls him, and then I think y'all probably saw the video. Oh I'm, man, I'm running out there. Yeah, it's so I got awesome. Him. You got him. You got him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was almost now. 40 yards, and it was back into the woods, and it was 6:31 when he pulled the trigger. So Golly. for him, I mean, hell of a shot. Not that really that visible yet for him to make that shot. It was yeah, it was, great. Yeah, it was incredible. It was a great shot. You Free-handed. Know, and Neil, part of the reason Neil was yelling is because our instinct the last few years. It's like a coin toss. If we hear the trigger pull, everybody's running. Yeah, it's yeah. like did he did he kill him? Did he not? Whatever. Had to chase one down last year. So yeah. Neil immediately. You got him. You, you got, got him. him. We got him. I didn't hold my, I'm, I usually am very you know very quiet. I don't I don't hoop and holler in the woods. That's not kind of like that's not really a thing I do. But whenever whenever he shot him and I saw that turkey's head get snapped back and I knew the turkey was dead. I initially had to start, like, make some – I had to no, let them know 75 yards behind me. Oh, I knew. Me. I knew. <laughs> and I, was, I wanted to make sure they knew because I knew how when the gun, gun goes off, if they can't see what's going on, they're initially going to be like, oh, gosh, he missed or something. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that they didn't worry that the turkey was getting away. Like, I, you know. Yeah. So anyway, they knew immediately Smoking. when I started screaming. Yeah, Smoking. it was so awesome. So one, oh, thing, so one awesome. thing we did different helped, and I don't know if anybody out there has got someone – if they're older and get confused. But one of the things I'm clearly has confused him is the guns come with a little fiber optic red bead on the front of it. And so many times he gets so excited, he would put a red bead on the turkey. And we were, you know, Neil was filming a lot of these and even some other people. And you would see him shoot at turkeys and like uh, leaves and stuff just raining down on top of the turkey. Turkey's just sitting there like, what's going on? Boom, he shoots again, and so many times, and what he was doing is just looking over the top of that sight, mm-hmm. finding his front bead and putting the bead on him. Well, the gun's pointed almost up, so he's shooting at a 
35 yard turkey. He's shooting like four feet over him. Yeah, but right. I took that off of the gun this time, and the only red bead is the red bead in the fiber. I mean, the, the red dot. The red dot. Yeah, he said, he said, and he, he did say this time, he said, hey, wouldn't but one day gonna red dot to look at it. <laughs> yeah. I put it right on him. <laughs> he, he go, he go, we sat down, he goes, I'll put that red dot on his ass. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to keep from making, I want to keep this G rated, but uh, Daniel yeah. is the correct. Uh, yeah. That, that's yeah, a, that was that's a great exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that we everybody knows how we, he's had his struggles with that red dot, trying yeah. to make it easier to get down on the site. And that, yeah, that yeah. And I mean, and plus the gun. Fun. I mean, even though that's a lightweight twenty gauge, uh, it's still a lot. And he didn't have a rest or anything. It's really, and he shakes so bad because you know it has aged the muscles. I just yeah. can't imagine. I can't draw on a turkey now. Watch, watch the video, the everybody out there. Go look at that video, and you can. You know, I've had people ask me, "Why in the world Neil had a camera sitting right? Why didn't he just film?" The turkey, and too, Neil said, I'm not going to take a chance on spooking a turkey. No way. He said, I'm just not going to do it. But he captured the moment for everybody. But if you'll watch, just like they said, you'll see him shaking. I mean, literally shaking. And then there's just like a calm peace comes over him, and just he locks in for like one second, boom. And then they – Dead still. Watch it, you see it. But uh, the – Chris Holly, David Holly, their their uh, oh grandfather Bud Nixon, yes. at ninety six years old, passed away the night before that hunt. That's one of Pawpaw's oldest friends. They're he is his oldest best, friend. best buddies, and it's one of yep. probably Pawpaw's last living uh, buddy, especially hunting buddies and stuff. So, so he passes yeah. away that night, and then you got to think something. You know, I, mean, I don't know. You know, I was a little bit I'm telling you, steadiness in his hands, yeah. and maybe, or the you know, send us a turkey our way. I mean, that's just. No, nah, I, I woke up that morning and looked at my phone to get ready to go and take them, you know, with them take him. And I saw where Chris had texted me at like eleven thirty that night um, that Uncle Bud passed away. And so, you know, he literally was my second dad. He was Daddy's best friend. All they had a couple of best friends. I mean, they had the camps together on the river. We did everything all their life. I mean, Dave and Uncle Bud and Aline, you know, put a room had clean out a room in their house, put a bed in it, called it Toxie's room. I used to. I wrote a little memoir about him, and uh, the next day, you know, I was just so somber, but I was so grateful to have just been in his presence and learned from him. He was such a mentor, and he was, but when I was a teenager, he was like my best friend. Literally, I spent as much or more time with him as like kids my own age. He was that important to me and the family, and so he and Daddy were so close, and they always were, but they li- they're the two that outlived all of his friends. You know, like every Christmas morning of my life, the phone would ring by 7 o'clock. Uncle Bud was calling Daddy, wish him happy Merry Christmas, mm. talk to the kids, talk to Mama. I mean, they were that inseparable close. But when I went to sleep that night, and I'm not trying to, like, make up some big story. I, it's the only time in years now I couldn't. Literally, I was, like, wide awake, like I'd taken some kind of medicine or something, just wired wide open, and I couldn't sleep. And I couldn't. And I was so tired from turkey season already. And a bound... Right before midnight, I remember it was like, finally a peaceful calm, and I go to sleep. And I didn't think anything about it, and I got up and got that message the next morning. Diane said, that's so weird. I had the same thing. I tossed and turned. It was like the weirdest feeling. I was just struggling. And then I had this peace come over me. I went to sleep. Okay, maybe that's coincidence. Sure. I mean, I don't know what goes on, but I'm just recounting that. But the next morning, as the turkey was gobbling, and it's so hard as they can tell you, you just don't think that he's actually going to be able to do it again, honestly. If you were there and everybody witnessed it, you know, how did this happen? There was something in the air, and I was thinking about Uncle Bud, and I was like, is this the miracle that he's going to actually kill one another year? Because, honestly, I just hadn't been – he's only been, like, what, 
twice, two other mornings besides that. The, and the, the eye doctor told him he needed, if he was going to be able to shoot with his dominant eye anymore, he needed to get glasses. And yeah. He didn't get glasses. So all that, the, I just, the low light, the distance of us 40 yards, all that uh, put together. I mean, it, yeah, I just, there's just no way. Like and it was, it was just, I got goosebumps. I'm telling you, oh, it, even if obviously we don't know what's going on, I'm not trying to make that up, but it was extremely special. In fact, we FaceTimed the Hollies from the spot, and they were crying. We were crying. We yeah. We we called David and David. I think was, a lot of people were crying. David was smiling. He didn't know Papa had hunted or not, and he thought we were just calling with me and Neil having a dead turkey. We flipped the camera around. And it was Papa with the turkey and <laughs> David. David. He wrote about he, it. he wrote about it from Wild Turkey Report today and mentioned it. That's the only reason I because yeah. otherwise that'd be a private moment. But David talked so about I don't it know. And it but was, he came apart. at a minimum the the whole process that the passing of my uncle Bud who I adored, and honestly, I wrote in this little memoir thing, it's like you never know when God brings two people together what might come out of it. Maybe we thought it was just because they were best inseparable buddies, and we spent time as a kid, and I got to go hunt with them. But but it also, by Peggy being my oldest friend from like two or three years old, and then Chris come along marrying her, next thing you know, one thing you can say for sure, because of that relationship, there's now Mossy Oak Properties. Because mm-hmm. without that, there would be no Mossy Oak Properties. Yeah. Yeah, and so fun. you just never know what something 60 years ago might lead to. You just never know. And, of course, we can't figure it out with our little mind, but just it's cool to look back and clearly see what happened because of all that. No, it's we're, we were joking because we at first we were like, oh, Uncle Bud sent this turkey to Pawpaw. And we were like, no, he didn't do that. He was on the other side trying to kill him, and he just bumped and <laughs> flushed him out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so could could each of y'all just take a moment and, and recap what was going through your mind when you were sitting there with your papa and the turkeys there and in that moment there? I mean, we saw some – what was going through your mind, Dan? Well, the, the coolest thing about it is that the, the hunts earlier this year – so papa, if it's anything over 45 degrees, it feels like 20 degrees to him, and if there's any breeze, it – I mean, it exacerbates it times yeah. 10. It's, it gets so cold so fast. So usually when he's done hunting, it's like, you, we got to go. Let's get him to Grant immediately, or at least get him in the truck and turn the heat on and get him a snack because Grant always packs his little snack sack. Uh, I mean, he had, he had like five different Ziploc bags full. It was a buffet in his little sugar <laughs> sack. Uh, but anyway, the, the we're used to his hunts. When it's time to go, it's time to go. We don't get to hang around and savor anything. We sat on that tree for two and a half hours after – Oh, he pulled the trigger. Awesome. It was it was incredible. We just sat there soaking it in. I mean, it was – and Papa was just as comfortable as can be. Me and Neil, there's a, uh Indian mound close to where it was, and we were walking around looking for airheads. I mean, Found a couple. Yeah, found a couple. We just – we didn't want it to – we didn't want it to end to the point where – I mean, I I thought about sleeping out there. After we got Papa finally, after two and a half hours, we got him back to Grand. Me and Neil got a couple beers and went back out there with no gun or anything and just sat on the tree <laughs> drinking beers and, and talking about Papa and thinking awesome. about the hunt and – uh, I mean, it was, I, it was, it was very hard to leave and go get any productive work done that day because I just wanted yeah. to stay in the woods. For, yeah, I actually uh, went back yeah. and uh, the fence post, the old wooden fence post, just kind of does like this, and the the one that the turkey was standing behind where he was when he pulled his head back and he shot him. I walked out there and there was there was a few pieces of. TSS stuck in the fence post, and uh, I, was, I just pulled it out of the ground and threw it in the back of the truck. Said, We're taking this home with us. <laughs> this I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe make a turkey. Make a couple of yeah, yeah. Officially, yeah. it's a notable, uh, uh, easy to get to, distinguished oh, spot. You drive your so, truck right to it. Yeah, so now it's 
Neil dubbed it Pawpaw's Corner, and with that fence post and with the tree and everything, like we have with the bottom line was Neil we're had that. Uh, we're gonna make, we're gonna a, make sign. a sign for the corner. That's so Pawpaw's Corner. Officially yeah. Pawpaw's Corner. Well, it's just such wow, a cool. Yeah. Well, the, he's the, actually uh, killed a turkey before there. What yeah. what made it so special is that's a farm that he bought next to our old farm we grew up on. It was just literally no trees almost at all. He planted a bunch of pines on some of it, but there was no there was no deer when I was a kid. There was no turkeys in the entire county, and it's in it's literally borders the city limits. And so, I mean, who would ever dream there'd even be a turkey on it? So far from any kind of river drainage timber of any type, just wide open prairie. Y'all know where it is. Mm-hmm. And so I guess 15 years or so ago, maybe, I guess that was it. All of a sudden he calls me one day and said, you won't believe that there was two Jakes in the bean field out here, you know, in the wide open prairie. But where he bought some more land about mm, six years ago or so, there is about 20 or 30 acres of big hardwoods and a little triangle. That's it. A little strip of woods on the creek, but that's it. Not much. And that's where these turkeys were. And it's just crazy that he grew up there. It was next to our farm we grew up on. He bought it later. So, But he did this on a place that he owned himself, not my place or not a lease or something else. Yeah. And it wasn't a place he ever dreamed of having a turkey on, ever in his wildest dreams, ever. But it did. And that was just kind of cool, too. Wow. Well, watching the video, talks, there was a lot of emotion going through. through oh, you. I couldn't believe he did it. I was so, I mean, you saw it. Just, I mean, we're, it's a few I'm years so in a row. Him, you know? It just feels like a miracle. I mean, that's what I heard. That's, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I heard those exactly words. I heard. So, it, was the, it was the smoothest, just couldn't have worked out any better oh. hunt in the last five years we've had with him. Like, no doubt. Something, even when he kills a turkey, something goes wrong. Oh, yeah. Before that, or, you know, there's a, you know, he misses three times before he finally kills one. Yep. He hadn't missed this year. That was his first opportunity, and he just well, he's barely he nailed it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was perfect. It, t- if there was one word to describe it, it would be perfect. It yeah. was. It really was. Well, I think the whole turkey hunting world it's salutes you guys for your effort. Uh, the, that's one of the coolest parts, uh, too, that we forget to talk about when we're just talking about our family and what it means with Papa and everything. But more than a few people, and people used to kind of say this about West Point, they would say, Mr. Fox is like everybody's granddad at Mossy Acre. He's like everybody's granddad at West Point. But the messages that we've gotten from people saying he's like the whole turkey hunting community's granddad, now everybody following along these past five years on his journey where it feels like every turkey might be his last and he just keeps on going and he kills another one. Yeah. Uh, it is That sentiment is completely genuine now. There are thousands and thousands of people in the turkey hunting world who feel like everybody's rooting for him, like he's a collective figurative granddad for all these turkey hunters, and it's it's so freaking cool. The comments are just unbelievable. If you, you can get lost reading them for an hour and you don't ever get to the end of things that are genuine and Heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and shout out to an, one one another legend, obviously too. But Tom Kelly killed a turkey this year at like ninety four mm-hmm. or something like that. So wow. what an incredible accomplishment that was too. So yeah, for both of them to kill a turkey this year, <laughs> uh, pretty amazing. It, it, anyway, it, it just because there's not they're, they probably two of the only people I mean, we talked about this last year when they were camped together. But there's probably you know, and from their generation when they started turkey hunting, they're, they talk about maybe two thousand or less turkey hunters in the whole country. Yeah. So you got to think, and they're both in their nineties. So, you know, not everybody can can see just how close all y'all are. That Toxie is with you with his with you boys and his daughter, 
and that talks he is with Mr. Fox and how you guys are. It, it, it's really something special. And it, there's a Bible verse about honoring your mother and father that just bubbles up in my mind when I see you guys because I think y'all are so blessed because Mr. Fox set such an example for, for Toxie. Toxie set such an example for you guys. And I'll go ahead and say it. Everybody, all everybody is setting an example for other people. If you'll watch and pay attention, this is how you should live your life. And it's it's so special to watch it, to watch the blessings unfold. Yeah, and I got to say, and I, I said it, you know, he got that award this year. And, and I mean, in the last, I don't know, six or seven years maybe, uh, you know, we, had, we did have a commercial. I'll give some other people that were here a little bit of credit. They saw in him things that needed to be communicated that we stood for. And there was a little bit out there, but the biggest – thing that I run into, what I'm getting at today, when people ask about the brand, the biggest emotional draw to what we have going on that makes people kind of believe in us is daddy and people getting to know him. And that's only really come to pass in this deeply emotional way. That's really what he's like is because even more than me, I, I feel like if I talk about him all the time, I'm just bragging about my dad and maybe I'm trying to say my dad's better than your dad. And I just, I kind of, I'm careful about that, but sure. I will tell you that that so much of this, my, my my sons and his grandsons aren't worried about that, and so they had such a deep desire to show their papa to the world that that's what caused all this, and so that's a huge sense of pride for me. But I will also say on top of that that I know the real story about him better than anybody, better than them, and almost as good or better than my mom. I know all of it, and. The most looked up to he is by anybody out there is deserving because he really is the purest soul I have ever known. And I, I know it's my dad, and I know I'm biased, and I'll probably get <laughs> choked up telling y'all, but I've known him inside and out, and he raised me. Iron fist, pat on the back, everything in between. He is the purest soul you will ever know. And so all of those people, I just want you to know, he it is, it is worth – cheering for him and believing in him because, I mean, if we can just – I can even get a fraction of what he stands for out of what we do, then we've done good. Yeah. And I mean that. I really, really mean that. Yeah, we know you do. No doubt. This is a fantastic story. I'm, I'm glad y'all came man. in here to tell it. He is a man. I, I went by yesterday and showed him and Grand uh, Neil's video and pulled it up on the TV, played it on YouTube, and they both had the biggest smiles on their face. Grand was laughing and Papa was just smiling for two minutes straight, and then we watched it again. He'd – he was having a freaking ball watching it on TV. <laughs> he does. I it's saw funny. Him this morning, uh, I took my one-year-old son, little Toxie, over there, and uh, and my turkey I shot this morning, and uh, went sat on his back patio and told him a good turkey hunting story, and he held little Toxie, you know, in his, oh, wow. in his lap, and man, it was just you know a really cool thing for me to be able to, you know, for him, to, my son who's one, ninety years separated between him and my granddad, uh, and sit there and with a. Turkey laying yeah, there. Yeah, four generations. Tell, right yeah, there. yeah. Tell a turkey hunt awesome. story to him. Yeah. Hey, and the little toxin wants to hunt. He'll be a fifth generation turkey hunter. So he pointed out the wall when I was. He pointed out the wall when I was over there and said, uh, "If that turkey hadn't spoiled yet, I think I want to mount his fan right there." There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get that let's done. Do, yeah, let's yeah. do that. He's frozen. He's now frozen. Don't worry about it. All right. He's in good. He's in a good spot. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't know how to move on from here. Thank y'all for telling the story, but can we get a little? Can we take just a moment here, Daniel? Maybe get an update on the stamp. How's that doing? 
Stamp's been awesome. We that uh, th- that's certainly something Pawpaw's proud of. Uh, we've raised over fifty thousand dollars now, and uh, we we're still going to be selling the stamps until at least the end of the first week of June when the last season ends in Maine. And if anybody's still listening out there who you work for a company that does charitable giving or whatever, and you want to point a little bit of that in the direction of turkey wild turkey conservation, we've had we've only had one big purchase of somebody bought five thousand dollars worth of stamps, but. We would really love, I don't know if we're going to get there, it's too ambitious, but if we get to the $100,000 mark yeah. uh, for the turkey fund, if anybody out there has a company and you want to buy, you know, 100 stamps or 500 stamps or 1,000, whatever, if you want to buy a big batch of stamps, we'd be incredibly grateful for that. And it would really, it would help us, you know, all that money, like we said, every yep. cent from every stamp That's is right. going toward wild turkey conservation. We're not keeping anything. We're not whatever. So. Anybody out there who wants to purchase a big batch of stamps? Yeah, we'll yeah, do that. We'll 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 bring them. We'll, we don't we'll have any extra reward for you. Bobby, 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 Bobby said he would match. <laughs> yeah, yeah and like another great match. idea. And what I'm doing is, is at, when the season's over this year, I was going to buy one for every turkey that I killed. I just felt like a way to give back per, <laughs> per turkey, and and it's, it's not that many, but it's just, you know I was just kind of waiting until the end. So is that everyone anybody you that had bought one yet? If they wanted to do so, wait to the end of their season. A lot of people's seasons hadn't even started yet. But if you know, especially people up north, you know that's a really cool way to just you know do one for every turkey. Yeah, yeah. There's some great ideas there. No doubt about it. But if you're a turkey hunter like me, you may need to buy three or four stamps for every turkey. Dudley Dudley can buy one for every miss, and he'd just get us to the hundred (laughs) thousand. Yeah, we would that between him and Bobby. Leave it to Neil. Leave it to Neil. So Neil, can you update us on the Mr. Fox vest? Where's it been in the last week? Yeah, so the traveling. Traveling Mr. Fox Vest prototype. The cat's kind of out of the bag now. We've been kind of keeping it a secret for a while. We've been working on this vest for a year now. And um, anyway, to start the season, we we did this. We have this prototype of the Mr. Fox turkey vest, and um, we're just kind of passing around different people hunting with it every day. I think it's up to about 16 turkey kills now this year. Uh, but the last – I'm trying to think the last update, but, you know, last week, uh, Dudley, you hunted with it. Uh, yeah, on the, on the day Mr. Fox – yeah, on the day that killed. Yeah, Pawpaw killed, yep. Yeah. You had it that day. Uh, I guess that week, the day before you had it, we, Daniel and I took Hunter Farrier uh, from Spring Legion. Uh, he wrote a book called Ballad of a Turkey Hunter, and um, we took him, and uh, he killed a turkey with it, and that was just an incredible hunt, incredible warning, incredible. Uh, incredible story. Hunter's such a great, great guy. And then the day before that, uh, Lanny, you killed a turkey with it. Oh, Don't yeah. yeah, Lanny you know, got a little blood on the Fox finds a nut every now and then. Yeah, right. Guess what? Someone beat him to the punch this year. <laughs> well, uh, Bobby was the Bobby first killed, yeah. second. Bobby killed the Will first one. Will was first, wasn't he? Bobby Will Dixon, Dixon killed, first. killed the first one. Will Dixon that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah. Bobby, Bobby was number two. Yeah. 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 Well. Um, yep. And then, yeah. 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 And it was it was electrifying. It was like wearing some kind of superhero cape or something. I'm telling you. And then, you got to get it done in that thing. And then this week, uh, which is kind of why it started, people started seeing the vest a little more on social media. Because yesterday, uh, or two days ago, I think it was yesterday, Uncle Bill killed a turkey with Cuz and Harold Knight in Kentucky. Where and Harold was wearing the vest, and three of them were hunting together. And then this morning, Dave Owens killed a turkey with it in Kentucky on some public land up there. Uh, and so now, now people are starting. The cat's kind of got a few, now, got so. a few tally marks. Yeah, in it, it? yeah that's so, pretty yeah. awesome. I think so, we'll be addressing the Mr. Fox vest. Uh, here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It, Officially, it, anyway. That's yeah, right. that, that's really awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Guys, was there anything else we need to cover? Was there anything left unsaid? 
it, it goes without saying just how proud we are of – I mean, everybody just jumped up and cheered oh, when, man. when we heard. Mac, I mean, what have you got anything to add? You you grew up – Neil kind of introduced you to Turkey, so this is kind of special, isn't it? It's very special. I mean, just <clears> – <throat> I mean, Mr. Fox had an impact on my life. I mean, through his, through his son and his grandsons. I mean, between Daniel and Neil and, I mean, getting involved with turkeys and outdoors. I mean, that, that played a big role in my life. And then he ended up working here. Look at that. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we're lucky to have Mike. That's right. By the skin of my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so, so go ahead, Tyson. Well, just like that's all we talk about these days. But uh, just get, you know, it's uh, not like a broken record out there. But everybody needs to, uh, you know, of course you need to live life every day being grateful for all the stuff we have. But we really, really, I don't care how hard a core of a turkey-killing machine you are, that's great. We need to have that mind of caring for them and get, you know, we need to figure out what's going on because we have some serious problems across the country. Yeah. Uh, I actually went to New, New Mexico. I've never been out somewhere like that before. Got serious problems with the turkeys out there in the mountains. Turkey, you know, Oklahoma, terrible problems. You know, all across the country in multiple states, there's pockets of good things going on, but by and large, we've got trouble. It's a multiple, multiple issues, and we need the help of everybody, and especially our chief uh, researchers and organizations. I mean, we're, there's no left hand, right hand, this versus that, this camo, that camo. I don't care. We're all in this one together. And so please be mindful of anything you can do, anything you find. Uh, like last year, I found one dead on our place, sent it off, had it tested, found out the disease it had. It's actually pretty prevalent right now. Uh, you know, but as a gamekeeper, if you've got a spot to take care of, take care of it. If it's nest predators or habitat or letting them go this year so you can hatch more, whatever it takes, just know we love this bird so much that we are in a fight right now. And honestly, it, pulling everybody together will be as big a gift as killing a turkey will ever be. So I just got to get on my behind yeah. my pulpit and, and here, give here. my sermon a little bit right now. If there's any message out of this that my dad would want to see, it'd be that because he loves the bird so much. Mm, no doubt. That's a good point. Good point. Dudley, you got anything to add? No, I just uh, this whole time I've just been thinking about how much our group as a whole just really respects this bird and the, and the lifestyle around it and the way y'all hunted it. Uh, it's just a it's just a big deal yeah. to all of us, and the way people watch that video over and over and over, like I did, uh, I think it just drives that whole point home about how much we respect this bird. I don't think any of us would trade being a turkey hunter for anything on earth. Oh no, no, Laney, you got anything to add? Oh uh, man, you know, Mr. Fox, I've been fortunate to be around him uh, a big part of my life too, and you know the influence it's had, and what y'all are saying, you know, it's almost. His, his lifestyle is communicated through this resource and this bird. So mm-hmm. uh, it's important to all of us. And to Toxie's point, we have to take responsibility yep. uh, and get out there and, and do something about it. So um, let's keep going. Yeah, so this, so go, go, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, that's, I think that's one, the last thing I'll say is the cool part about people being able to see and us share Pawpaw stories is hopefully it motivates them to be a better gamekeeper as opposed to maybe seeing someone that's, you know, not you know that hasn't spent their entire life uh, you know conserving wild turkeys, but hearing his story and seeing that, hopefully it motivates people to try to make that their life's work and do that. As, you know, so when they're at ninety years old, they can look back and say, "Yeah, I hunted turkeys my whole life," but I also gave back just as much or more yeah, as I did take the resource. And then with <laughs> Doctor Lashley, yeah, Doctor Lashley has the words. Yeah, 
you need to be focused. You, you make one before you take one. Yeah. That's yeah. a great saying. This yeah. and this is the last thing I'll say. But with Papa, it came full circle because for both reasons, like living a hunting lifestyle and the lifestyle of a gamekeeper and the pass it on, you know, raising kids and grandkids that hunt. He. 50 years ago, everybody knows by now, but, you know, this turkey that he killed, it's full circle because 50 years ago, this turkey almost certainly can trace its lineage back to the turkeys that he reintroduced 50 years ago. 100%. And then for him to kill a turkey, that's the offspring of the turkeys that he reintroduced with his son and with two of his grandsons. I mean, everything coming together. I mean, that's the dream right there for being a gamekeeper, being a turkey hunter. Wow. Well, I, I just don't know what to say, but there's, you know, there's, it's it's about turkeys, but it's about the way y'all treat each other, and there's there's a lot to Honestly, be learned. Honestly, but here. you know, uh, we put him up on a pedestal, but there's so many great stories because I mean, it's it's the best, it's the best of the best in the country, is people that rally together for stuff outdoors, especially you know, a grand bird like this, mm-hmm. and so there's it might be it may not be grandson, granddad, or whatever it might be. Mom, it might be brother, it might be uncle, but it, there's there's a lot of similar relationships in the turkey world that makes it just sets it apart from any other sport. Yes, it does. It sure does. All right, has anybody got anything else they want to add? This one has been very emotional. Awesome. I can That's tell looking one. at everybody. So thank you all for being here. Uh, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.